everyone. Welcome to the first podcast of Aspiring Photographer Podcast. This is a podcast created for creatives by creatives. And really, it was just an idea that I had after listening to a few podcasts and just getting super involved with my personal photography career. I wanted to create something that could shed light on things that I've learned and some video topics that my co-host Luke has learned throughout his career and just really bring one or just really have one place where people can go to learn more about photography, more about videography or anything creative from us and from other guests that we'll have on throughout the show. So we've got some segments broken out that kind of touch on a few different topics, but we also plan to have guests from inside the industry and also guests from outside the industry that still have a creative background, such as graphic designers or musicians to come on and just talk about what their process is, how they're creative, and what motivates them to create their art and get through those creative blocks that I know we all endure. So that's a background of the of the podcast. My name is Cody Majors. I'm a photographer. I've been uh, taking photographs since I was technically a teenager, but really got into it in college where I started taking classes and bought my first camera two years after borrowing a friend's camera, which I don't know why they would let me borrow a camera for that long, but they did. I finally got my own and it's really just become a passion of mine. And to bring kind of a twist and a video side of this, I'm joined with my co-host, Luke. Hello, glad to be here. Ready to talk some aspiring photographer podcast content. I'm a videographer, editor uh, in the Minnesota area, grew up in the Minnesota area my whole life and then attended the University of South Dakota where I met Cody. We have a lot of stories we can dive into in other podcasts, kind of tease them out throughout the whole time. And yeah, that's basically how I'd sum my myself up. Probably not all that great, but it is what it is, you know? That's it. Luke summed up in a few words. <laughs> Yep. Well, so we did, we did meet in college, uh, University of South Dakota. I'm from South Dakota. Luke's from Minnesota. And if you couldn't tell by our accents already, we're, we're born and raised in the Midwest. Um, We say words funny and we struggle putting together long sentences. So you'll have to just bear with any poor structured sentences or sentences that just kind of end abruptly. English is hard uh, and that's why it's the hardest language to learn. So bear with us, but we'll kick off with this first intro podcast with our first segment. First segment we have that we'll try to continue having in every single podcast is called burst mode. This is where we're just going to have rapid fire questions from each one of us to go over topics in or in or outside of the the industry um but i've got three questions i'm gonna ask luke here first and then i'll let luke ask me some questions that he's got burning on his mind so my first question for you luke is when making the transition from photo to video assuming people are starting with photo but when making that transition and you want to start thinking or start taking videos and getting into cinematography what's one piece of advice you would give people to make that jump that photos can also work very well in video. I don't think when you make the jump from photo to video, I don't think that's a complete abandonment to the photo side when it comes to making videos. A lot of times I've edited many episodes or many videos that have pictures in them. Um, they really captivate a scene, a moment, 
So that'd be one piece of advice I would give. That's a quick one is to, you know, if you're a photographer, want to get to video or, you know, photos much better than video, I would utilize that strength. Now you don't want to use it too much because it's a video. However, it's not bad to throw in pictures into videos at all. So I would say utilize that because I think that would help people start and move faster. Because if you try to edit video right away, it's, I know the software, it's super easy for me now, but some of that earlier software you learn on Premiere Pro and stuff like that is, is quite yeah. challenging. Can It can make someone not want to do it. Yeah, I could see that with the little bit that I've dabbled. Um, but yeah, that, no, that's good advice. And honestly, that was not what I was expecting to hear. Um, but something that I will probably try to take forward with me. Um, my second question for you, Luke, what inspires your cinematography? So I normally shoot, I mainly shoot a lot of stuff that's like capturing the moment and that's the best way I describe it. I haven't, I don't shoot too many things that are like planned out well, where I'm actually like setting up a scene and things like that. So my cinematography, I guess, is more along the lines of if you think someone's going to talk about it or if someone has talked about it, go capture it. I personally like to, I guess one thing I do, and I've been told by I've done weddings before and I've been told by a wedding videographer not to do it. And I did not agree with him at all. I would never work for someone again on a video side note. I did that once, but if you do it, that's great. I hated it. Um, when I shoot people, I like to get low and point up at them. Now, some people don't like that because you see the bottom of their chin and stuff, but it's just a very, it makes them feel much mightier than they are. Oh yeah. Powerful. You know, if you're, yeah. More powerful. So I was told not to do that in this shoot. Um, but that's what I do in a lot of my shoots. Um, when it features, especially a wedding couple, I usually try to shoot low a lot um, when it's needed. You know, it's not everything's low, but it's usually like if they're overlooking like a, a field or looking over, a, you know, a valley, whatever it might be, that can be a really cool shot. So that's probably, I guess, what inspires me, though. I don't know how... I don't know if I can narrow it down to one thing. I like movies a lot. So watching those probably would inspire me the most, yeah. but it's just really capturing the moment. You know, I'd rather that, I guess more so movies inspire me, but the editing side of me says get more than I need because yeah. you don't want to get to the point where you don't have it. I yeah. have clips you're not using. So that'd be my answer to that. No, that's good. And I, I kind of relate to that with my photography. Anyways, it's just capturing. I like to just capture things as they are i don't really plan out shoots i i don't do a whole lot of portrait photography um mainly because i like to just go out into an environment whether it's going to the beach or going to the mountains and going hiking and i like just capturing scenes as they are i like to capture nature as it is so uh, that's kind of what drives me um and i think that's kind of similar to what you were saying with your cinematography is you like to just capture the moment which really mm -hmm. is what it's all about so Cool. So my third question for you, Luke, and this is actually a good one. I think a lot of people will be interested to hear from you and from anyone we have on this podcast. So my third question for you, Luke, and this is actually probably a pretty good one for a lot of people who are going to want to hear what you have to say, as well as any other guests we have on the show. What's your favorite creative block activity or something that you do to kind of get away from the work that you're stuck in? So... Hmm. I guess what I like to do in my free time, what I consider outside of my job as work, 
um, is right. But to get away from that, I guess, um, is that what you're looking for? Is like what I, what other creative thing I do or what do I do to get out? I was th- I'm, my- like, struggling. Yeah, more so when you're fa- when you're facing that creative block. Like, what do you like to do that just kind of helps you get past it? So two things. One is I like to when I clean the, my apartment and stuff, I jam out, and that really is a big stress reliever and can kind of clear my head. And because like when I like to write, sometimes I get stuck on what to write because I write I like to write uh, screenplays and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain structure to them. So that's number one. And then number two is it's sort of similar to the work it's just not doing it but it's actually like watching movies because i when i watch them i see i i look at the story and stuff like that obviously and get in caps or uh into the world i was trying to say something that starts with the knee i don't even know how to <laughs> pronounce it i was about to start and i thought better to stop but i usually watch movies or tv shows because they have a certain art or a flow a structure to them that's like pretty common in every single one which i know a lot of people don't like to hear as creative people don't like to know that things are the same but they are for movies and stuff like that boom so so, (laughs) and so things like that help me kind of get away from writing because sometimes it's just like it can be a lot trying to figure out how to maneuver things and then you find yourself forcing things to happen when that's just the wrong way to do it instead of letting letting it happen. I could do another. I'm sure we'll get into it on one of our other talking points, but I'm sure I could uh, dive into that one day. The screenplay, yeah. how it's done and things like that. So that'd be my answer. Hey, that's not bad. That's actually, I think you gave two answers, but still, that's good. So what, what do you got for me, Luke? What are your questions for me? All right. Well, would you like question one, two, or three to start? Uh, let's go reverse order. Go three, two, one for me. Three, two, one. Okay. What is since you're more on the photography side <laughs> than I am, much more. Um, what camera setting do you know that you wish others knew slash your past self knew when you started? So right now, what's something you wish you would have known? Oh, um, that's a good one. So my instinct is to say manual focus but that's a very cliche answer and someone actually told me that when i was starting photography so i started with that so that wouldn't be following the rule um i think the the setting that i would have liked to have known or would recommend other people to know learn how to use the um, aperture priority setting where rather than setting you know I, I shoot mainly in manual or autofocus they're similar it's just the focusing but rather than setting the shutter and then you know messing with the aperture or messing with the um, iso you just you set what you want your aperture to be which is the depth and it will set the shutter for what it needs to be and i think that's overlooked I think a lot of people, I mean, when you first pick up a camera and you start learning, you know, your basics and you put that aperture as low as you can get it and you're getting the depth of the shallow depth of field that creates the blurry background that makes everything look really nice. That's why digital cameras are better than what, well, what phones used to be. Phones now are pretty good, but excuse me. But um, I think that that super shallow depth of field blurry look looks good when you're starting out but it becomes kind of 
amateur real quick when you start just having a blurry background in every single photo. And I think this aperture priority setting, um, I think would help people kind of start to realize or learn uh, how to utilize the different depths of field in a creative way. So that, that would be my recommendation um, without thinking too hard. I think that's one that people really don't utilize and I don't utilize it enough, but it would definitely help people, I think. I like it. I don't do much photography anymore, so I don't know if I could piggyback off that. So I'm not even gonna try. So <laughs> question number two, you yeah. wrote, it's, it's important for our viewers to know you wrote your questions before I did. And I realized this is basically the question three, but in worded differently. So I guess I stole it. My bad. But when you're in a rut, what do you do to get back into gear? Okay. I mean, Hey, it, it's probably good for them to learn both sides. So I take a very hands-off approach when I hit creative block and I won't lie. I've taken this approach for probably the last month. I completely step away and i i'm fully i'm a person who fully believes that that's healthy um really probably with anything but when it comes to creative block and whether you're a musician writing songs or you're a graphic designer trying to design something or a photographer or videographer trying to create something when you hit that block and when you're just not able to get past something mentally i think it's good to just walk away and whether that's walking away for a day a week or a month um I've always noticed that when I come back to it, when I pick that camera up again and start getting back into the groove of, of what I like to do, I come back with, with such a refreshed mind and I come back with such a force that I'm just like so happy to be back. It all rushes back. It's like, I mean, it's like, I don't want to say it's like riding a bike, but I mean, you just get back into it and you've just missed it so much and start creating and taking and it almost just seems like that break makes you better because i feel like every time i come back from a break and pick up my camera and take a photo that photo is like the best photo i've ever taken i don't know why that is but it's just like man if this was the case i'm just gonna take a break every week but it's just it's refreshing and i think what helps me the most is just taking that taking that step away and just kind of focusing on other things for however long you need and then when you come back i'm able i'm always able to just come back better so that's that's my go-to um and i think a lot of people can probably relate to that but it is what it is no i i agree stepping away is good uh that's what i usually do when i'm writing because i try to hit three screenplays a year mm-hmm. um which is a lot some few it's not a lot don't matter um but I'd rather be doing it not for my apartment taking time off. If I was like on Fiji or something, that'd be awesome. But, you know, maybe one day <laughs> be a month on Fiji. But I like that answer a lot. I agree with it. And last question is, well, first question, but last is the order you chose it in. What's <laughs> something you do to help someone relax on camera? So you get someone that's nervous. They don't, you know, your first 10 minutes aren't going to be usable because they're so nervous. What do you do? help them relax yeah no that's a great question and um like i said in the beginning of this podcast i don't do a whole lot of portrait because i'm not very good at directing someone in front of the camera um and i think that kind of stems from me not being good in front of the camera myself so what i like to do for myself and i take a lot of photos of jordan my girlfriend and what i've helped her and she's actually become really good in front of the camera but what i like to do and my style for the for the very few portraits that i've done of people my style is very um candid 
and I don't like to have people looking at the camera. I think it's just been kind of overdone to say it in a in a simple way. Um, I like capturing. It goes back. I like capturing, you know, a scene for what it is. I like capturing a moment, and I don't feel like. I, I think it's a. I think it's a video rule where you know you try to ignore the camera. That's how. Well, that's what makes scenes look good when they when you know they don't know it's there. That's kind of what I do with my photography, and when I do portraits, I kind of try to get people to do something like. Um, I did an engagement shoot one time, and I had them walking like towards the camera walking away holding hands and I had them hugging and doing all this stuff that didn't involve them looking at the camera um I've done a family shoot and I did a lot of things where they're like tickling the kid or or hanging out throwing one of the the smaller kids in the air I, I focus my energy on things that are like natural for them so if they're like the family I had them just like tickling one of the kids and playing and kind of wrestling and the engagement shoot I had them walking and talking to each other when I do Jordan solo if it's just a solo portrait a lot of the times I'll have her like kind of look away and I will tell her just ridiculous things that she will laugh at because that's how I heard it her smile I that's what I do my theory is let's get them some candid moments and let's just um uh, pose not pose but let's just create some fake moments where i tell them to do something and there's a lot of tips and tricks that i could go into probably in a, in a longer segment where i what i tell them and certain activities i have them do that end up making a photo look really natural um but yeah my my kind of my uh tip for helping someone relax on camera is i try to just make them do something where they don't realize they're on camera and I just capture the moment. So that's kind of what I do. That's what I used to do. When I used to shoot photos too, cause I didn't do much portraits. Um, but if you ever want, I would say an advice, if you're ever looking, since you said you're not the best on camera either, if you're ever looking to dive into that portrait world, uh, I know a lot of people would suggest that you actually go and hire a photographer. And actually you study them while also being photographed yes and you'll kind of maybe pick up some things i've actually heard that before and that's i think that's a really really good tip i might have to do that but that that is smart and i mean hey you might even you know meet a fellow photographer along the way mm -hmm. connections so that's you had any more questions Luke? do you have any any bonus questions that came up not at the moment no maybe next episode I'll all right one well, that's that's burst mode. Um, three quick questions from both sides. In the future, uh, what this will probably be is just kind of questions we have throughout the week, not necessarily photography or videography related, but some form of uh, creative question that we have along the way. And our second segment that we'll get into, this is really the meat of the podcast. This is called Focal Point. So this is what we're gonna focus on and what will be the main driver of each podcast. And for this first one, I don't think there's anything more fitting than talking about the COVID effect on the past year. Um, I don't know about you, Luke, but I have had so many plans, trips, photography adventures, and just everyday life canceled because of COVID-19. It's one of those things I was thinking about this actually today. And when you texted me about it, you know, I'm not a very much you're, I think we're a little opposite in this respect that you are much more probably adventurous than I am. I'm more of like a 
my dream scenario would be to own like a cabin in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. not surrounded by too many neighbors, never be bothered, you know, do what I want to do whenever I want to do it. But it, this COVID effect, I was thinking about this today is it's like a child. If you put like a glass of water on a table, the child won't really probably pay attention to it. But if you tell the child, here's a glass of water, don't knock it over. They're probably going to go knock it over. Yep. So now we're told to stay home. And I'm always home, but now I'm like, well, are you telling me to stay home? I don't want to be here. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I've had weddings. I've, I'm the side, I do wedding videography and yeah, I, I'm actually getting out of it soon. And so I've had one more coming up. I just had someone reach out for October, 2022 20, wedding. And, you know, everything got pushed back. That's the main thing I've seen, you know, I've, the biggest trip probably I've had that's changed is I go with a group of friends to an away Vikings game mm. and we were going to go to Tampa this year and that didn't, we could have gone, but I mean, we just, from the big start of the season, we just knew this year would not work out. So that's been the biggest trip probably that I've missed out on, but it's definitely just in terms of the photography and videography world it's definitely affected it hard at first because you need people mm-hmm. you know um i would say for my end though from a video side i have actually seen now people more willing to be in videos because they have a mask on oh people are so self-conscious and i get it i'm not on camera but a lot of times people don't like to be on video we just shot a video this last week for my for uh, White House where I work and I actually instead of using my cell phone for a ver- we did a vertical video I actually brought the big cameras Canon C300 and I thought oh no one's gonna want to be in it I did have people with me who that helped get them on it but everyone seemed very fine even with that big camera on my shoulder and I think it's because of the mask mm-hmm. I really do um, hiding behind it yeah their face you know obviously you see your eyes and stuff like that but it's like your mouth and so I don't know. I think that's that's probably my biggest COVID. In fact, I know like we're talking about kind of traveling, but I think from the video side, that's it's definitely made people probably more willing to be on video. Yeah, I mean, I never thought of it that way, and that's a good point. I mean, um, when they've got that mask to hide behind, they're they're more willing to be in front of a camera, which usually I I can't speak to this, but is that usually a hard task to find people who are willing to be in front of a camera? It it depends on your rapport with them and your and the video i will say that um recently we've been shooting a lot more fun videos we actually have people running up to us now on the lab floor where before people would hide so but in the past yeah it's been very hard to get people to be on video especially when you're carrying around a canon c300 which is a big right big camera so yeah so i guess there's maybe a couple of factors in that, but I do think if I were to say, if I were to plot myself last year where I was this year where there was no masks on at the time, like saying August when I shot a video and a lot of people are very hesitant, even if I was shooting like their hands and stuff, they would like ask me all these questions when I'm shooting and things like that, that I think with the masks on, people would be more willing to last year than they are or just as willing, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I know, yeah, you said I, I'm fairly adventurous. Uh, I'm trying to become more adventurous and I just want to 
take my camera and just go travel the world if I could, but we can't really right now due to COVID. But last year in 2020, Jordan and I had planned a some sort of adventure for every month of the year and that sounds incredibly expensive right off the bat but we just moved well we didn't just move but we're still fairly new to the virginia area and the east coast so for certain trips we had um weekend getaways planned to like just places that we'd never been before i mean philadelphia is a five-hour drive away new york city's like seven hours or something like that we've got a mountain range in virginia the shenandoah valley that's a beautiful place to be we love going there we had a weekend there um we we were able to do one of our trips and that was a trip to washington dc in mid-April I want to say it might have been March but I think it was early to mid-April for the uh, cherry blossoms they were blooming in DC and if you if you don't know about the cherry blossoms in DC it's an incredible they have a festival for it but you have all of these Washington monuments and the cherry blossoms are in full bloom and there's a ton of cherry blossoms in DC it's I don't remember why. I feel like I remember reading somewhere when I was there that they were a gift um, to either DC or the States, but there's all sorts of cherry blossoms all over. And it's it's really, it's crazy because when, they're, when cherry blossoms are in full bloom and they're only in full bloom for about three to five days, so you gotta catch them right. We booked our trip a few weeks in advance but we were there in peak bloom so everything was like crazy pink and white and there was cherry blossoms everywhere that and there was the the washington tower i was able to get a few good shots of the washington or the washington tower the washington monument i was able to get a few good shots of that bordered by some um, cherry blossoms it was just crazy it was a great weekend but literally the day we were leaving there were cops beginning to block every single road in dc we were just able to get outside of arlington and get back on our way home and by the time we got home they had shut down dc for covid and we're no longer allowing people like in and out and it was just like that was when covid hit hard and for 2020 we had um two trips back home which sucked because we weren't able to see family but jordan lives in minnesota just outside of minneapolis and um we wanted to go on a trip to the northern shores and then we had a trip to south dakota canceled we had our big trip that we had planned for a long time we were going to fly into portland oregon we were going to stay in the portland oregon area go up to Washington and then drive down the coastline to San Francisco. We took a week long vacation to do that. We had it all planned out. We had stuff lined up. We had to cancel that. The week before we left, we decided we were gonna cancel and it ended up being the right call. So we weren't able to do that. And then we weren't able to, I think the only other thing we did all year last year was we went camping up in Shenandoah in October, which was beautiful. But even then it was just like, it was hard to make it work. And I know that my travels getting canceled are a drop in the bucket compared to all of the other photographers that I know and have talked to about 
uh, through COVID. And I've heard so many stories of people's travels um, outside of the country, inside of the country, to all these amazing places that, of course, everyone wants to go see. They can't do it. And I think the part that sucks about that is kind of what you were getting to, Luke, is everyone was just forced to stay home. And it's like, well, now what? You know? Um, and it just, I know when COVID started, it was a little bit, a little bit, uh, scarier, not to say that it's, it's not serious now. Um, but I mean, people were staying home and, and they didn't know what to do. And I know for me, I don't really like to shoot, shoot people like photograph people. So it wasn't really that hard for me to just kind of stay home and, and find things to, to photograph around the house or in the backyard, but it got old pretty quick. And, you know, there's only so many TikToks that you can make before you, you run out of things to photograph. So it, it was tough. And I think, I think everyone kind of felt the, um, the pain of COVID, whether starting with traveling being canceled and not being able to go to some really badass places to take photos or or just to visit but then the second the second kind of wave of the COVID effect was after being home for so long you just run out of things to do or things to photograph and I just think that was probably almost worse is just kind of picking up the camera each day and trying to find something new to shoot no I agree I was just going to ask you if you felt an effect where you just were losing creative interest in photography and stuff like that. But it sounds like you kind of hit on that. Cause I kind of had, um, you know, my, my desk the last two years has been in my room. That's where I've been working, um, from, you know, a year and a half or almost a year now from working at my desk full time and, you know, going into work a couple days a week lately, but not too much. You know, I, this is where I do my writing where I'm talking to you right now. So I hit that struggle at first too, because I get done with work and it's like the last place I want to be in is right where I've been sitting for the last yeah, eight exactly. hours, you know? And it's just like, well, this is where I'm going to write. So it was, it was hard to find that balance where it used to be going into work doing your other, you know, whether it be going to the gym, going to the movies, going out to eat, whatever it might be. And then coming home and then, you know, an hour before I go to bed, maybe I do some writing. That's, that was always my routine and it got thrown off. And then I was gifted all this time and I don't know if I utilized it the best, but I don't, know, don't know what to do with it. I know it's, it's one of the, it's, it was one of those strange things. It was just like the waves of COVID with and the amount of cases and just the lifestyles have definitely happened you know and it wasn't too bad at first up here because you know in march well even in the winter in, in the midwest you kind of just hunkered down mm-hmm. anyways there's not much to do outside besides like going into somewhere you know so a lot of people down south i get their problems with it because it's like this is their best time of year go out and do stuff and everything's right. closed and so that's really what i've kind of summed it up to but yeah it's kind of a new norm now and i think once i accepted that then i got back into a better routine and things like that uh don't say it's a norm i don't want to hear that <laughs> but um no so actually going back to um what you said about you know hitting that that creative point where you just like are 
frustrated, I guess. That's the best word I can think of for COVID is just, it's been frustrating. And I think the most, so for me, I haven't, I haven't been working from home at all. Um, though the place I work is technically, uh, what's the word? What is the word they've been using? Socially distanced? No, like um, important. It's another word for important. Essential. Yeah, essential. I'm essential. Um, I, and that's not me saying it. That's me being told by my company that I'm essential. So I've been going to work. I haven't worked a day from home. Um, so I didn't really get out of that routine of coming home. The hard part for me has been I've, I've been extremely creative, creatively um Again, can't think of the word, but I've been wanting to create and it was just not being able to go anywhere to create and having to try to force it all from home. It was it was super frustrating. And I remember at one time during the heat of it, I had this idea and I actually I thought it was a pretty good idea. What I did was I went around and I tried to find a bunch of local businesses because throughout this COVID thing, they were trying to like, you know, help local businesses because without the like local restaurants, local places that thrive on people coming in and making a purchase or buying their service. Um, a lot of local businesses everywhere throughout the country were, were getting hit hard. So I went around and I found a few local businesses. I didn't talk to them or anything. I just kind of went in and made a purchase. Um, I had one local coffee company, uh, a local restaurant that I really, I, I love that place. I went there ever since I moved here. Um, and I found a local, um, a few other local places, I forget what they are, but I purchased their product and then I brought those home and I was like, I'm gonna do product photography for these businesses um, for free. And so that was really cool. And that gave me, it was an extended weekend where I was like, oh, this is gonna, I was, I was stoked. I was super excited. And it was like that creative energy that I needed in my life. And I took product photography for these businesses and I thought they turned out great. Um, some of my best product photography so far has been from one of those, the coffee company. I thought I got really great shots for them. Um, and then I delivered it to them via social media and just said, Hey, you know, uh, COVID has brought some tough times. I, I really enjoy your business. Here's some product photography I took for free. I just wanted to kind of, you know, give back to some of the local businesses and nothing really came of it which is fine I, I wasn't expecting anything to come from it but it definitely gave me it filled the void that i needed to be filled where i was able to like have a task and get creative with something and and i i say it was my best product photography yet because i had no official like legit lighting at the time of this mm -hmm. the only light source i had was of course natural lighting which i used a little bit of but I made a makeshift softbox light out of a cardboard box and a white garbage uh, garbage can liner and used my little aperture pocket light to shine through the box. And it it's super, super sketchy sounding and it's probably not even that great of light, but it worked. And I think some of the shots that I got for those companies or for those businesses with that, um, I was actually really proud of. And there, I, I have some of those some of that work featured in um, some of my print books and just personal features. But that was something I did to get by, um, was helping out local businesses while also feeling, you know, my creative energy. But yeah, for me, it was, you know, 
trying to stay creative it was i didn't really get burnt out because i was doing so much i was just getting frustrated that i didn't have anything like available and i couldn't get it yeah. so that was frustrating for me no i feel you there i think that's what a lot of people went through and it's i think it's it probably didn't lead to anything now but it might help later on you know when some company sees their photography on their website one day they'll be like who took those photos and i'll be like this guy right over here right yeah Pass and you i mean along. It, with if anything else it was good practice um yeah the only way to get good at something is to do it and just learn from your mistakes and there was some that didn't turn out and that's fine um i had i had a good time doing it it gave me something to do for three covid days which i think are scientifically longer than a normal day a covid day feels a lot longer but um yeah i mean that that kind of helps feel me and i just at this point in 2021 i'm i'm pretty over covid um i i think stuff i don't know how it's how it's going in minnesota but on the east coast we're kind of starting to get a little bit more relaxed starting to be able to do a little bit more yeah minnesota is starting to be that way too after the holidays and things have gone down a little bit um I mean, summers are a big time up here, obviously. And it's what people do. So I think I had the my parents' cabin to escape to. Yeah. So that really helped this past summer, being on the boat and pontoon and things like that. Yeah. So here's the thing that bothers me is COVID-19 comes out. We have to socially distance, right? We can't go into restaurants mm-hmm. because you have a bunch of people sitting around close at eating. What bothered me so much was that national parks were closed. And they were trying to tell people who wanted to get away from the busy life and go camp and go isolate themselves. And I mean, most, I mean, most people who are going to camp, they're not going to be with a bunch of people. They're going to be with very few people and, or enjoy nature. National parks were closed and like they were closed longer than some businesses I know. And that was, that was tough for me because I feel like a lot of people who like to get out and explore national parks are a great place to start and when you can't even go to those when it's like hey you can't be by people you can't you know eat in restaurants a lot of people are like okay well i'll go camping i'm gonna go hiking no you can't do that either it's like why why can i not go isolate myself so that was again frustrating covid19 has just been so frustrating in so many ways it's just been it's been difficult but i think and I hope we're on our way out of the COVID effect. Um, and I hope for everyone's sake that we can begin traveling, um, traveling with a, a clear head, not worrying about catching it from anyone uh, and being able to start exploring again. Cause I know I'm I'm over the COVID thing. I'm over wearing a mask. I, I'm all for being safe. I don't want to make anyone sick. I don't want to get sick, but I'm just, I'm over living this way. <laughs> I agree with you, oh, 100%. I feel like I had to add that disclaimer because I don't want anyone coming in and saying, you should care about people. I, I, I do care. I'm not going to do anything that puts anyone else's health at risk, but I'm I'm over living this way. Um, you got you got any other COVID topics or COVID points, Luke? I, I don't think so. I think we nailed it on the nailed it on the head today. All right. So COVID's bad and normal life's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we'll head on into our third segment. This is our final segment of every show. Um, and it's just kind of an out of focus is what it's called. 
talking about something random i've got i've got something for this week luke and i'll let you kind of pick uh the next podcast episodes out of focus segment but for this one this was something i just thought of when i was driving home um and it's it kind of has come to me and i know that you'll relate to this too because i know that this is something you want to do but starting your own business or making some sort of big career move um i feel like this is something that a lot of people can relate to whether if they don't even want to start their own business i know that there's people out there that have been sitting in a job and they want to make a jump or they want to make a move to do something different bigger better um and i just think that whether it be starting your own business or making that big career move, I think everyone has that sense of uh, anxiety or they have that fear of doing it because of they don't know what's gonna happen or, or if it doesn't work out. And I just kind of wanted to talk about that because I know with talking with you, Luke, you have, uh, you kind of have a business mind. And I, I think if I remember right there, you wouldn't mind owning your own business. And I know that that's something that's been on my mind too, but just kind of wanted to talk about that and just, you know, get your two cents on it, on starting your own business and the fears that come along with that. So I would say, well, let's first, let's quote, I'm going to, I'll link all this story together. The great Theodore Roosevelt, ex-president, former president once said, it is hard to fail, but is worse never to have tried to succeed. Now you asked me, why do I just know that quote? I don't, it's on a website because I am writing a screenplay that deals with the White House and things like that right now. And, and one of the characters likes past president, just inspired by past president. So I've learned all these quotes recently in the last three days. And when you're talking about that, um, it's just taking that leap of faith, you know, wanting to do that thing that you've wanted to do, whether business or career move. And, you know, it's, it can be t- challenging because it's like you want to you get comfortable in your ways you know you you're comfortable at home you're comfortable doing what you're doing and so i mean this coming for me not having started a business yet but i definitely would want to one day no doubt because i think doing like a media company would be a, a fantastic career agreed um just being able to control your having just like, I guess, say in, in the business and going out and doing all the hustle work. Um, I think a lot of people want to get from point A to point B, let's say point A to point C, but they want to skip the other 24 or 25 alphabets to get there. They just want to land on Z. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how I would go about it. I think once, if you're never going to do it then just stop dreaming about it or wanting it to happen i think if you want it to do it bad enough you got to make that first initial jump and then at that point you're just continually moving forward trying to make it survive and then you'll right. either you'll get to a point where it's like time to go back i wouldn't say go back you still learn something so it's either time to go right and hop off this train or it's time to go left because it's working out well right I don't know how well I answered that because I looked at the Theodore Roosevelt thing and went off that. But I think it's taking that jump and that you that you want to do it. Because um, if it's like, that's that's how I've always viewed it. As I always said, if I would be more mad at myself if I was 80 years old and on my deathbed and I said I never took the chance. Yeah. 
then I'd be I, frustrated. I feel that. And actually, I have a quote for you. It's very similar. Um, I would rather fail at something I love than succeed at something I hate. I couldn't tell you who said that because it's uh, it's anonymous. But that quote has stuck with me for the longest time. I think I read that when I was in like fourth grade. And back then, that quote to me meant I needed to be in a band and be a musician because that's all I wanted to do. Um, but now it's it's stuck with me all these years. And I just think I really like that quote because it's, it's really just saying, you know, would you ra- if you want to most people starting a business they're not they're not saying oh i'm bored with my current job let me just start something random it's something they're passionate about and it's not just to get money it's not just to be able to be your own boss and take random days out it's because you like doing that and it's you know people are always telling you you know your job should be something you like if it's if it feels like work it's not right well it's not always an option, but if you're able to start your own business, it's going to be doing something you like. So don't be afraid to fail, which is kind of what you were saying. You know, if you want to do something, would you rather, you know, fail doing something that you love doing or just continue succeeding at something that you absolutely hate? And it's just always kind of motivated me to push past those fears. Um, but my, my other point that I was going to make here, and if, if you haven't, taken anything from this podcast yet or if you haven't really been listening and if you're still listening this is probably the best part you can take from this is starting your own business i've heard from i've heard from so many people that once they do take that leap of faith once they do just jump into it it goes better than what they thought it was going to how they it goes better than how they thought it was going to go and they always say you know i I wanted to start this business i wanted to make this career move i wanted to you know do this big idea it's easy to talk about it i talk about a lot of big ideas i've heard from i mean friends i've heard from family i've heard from famous people in interviews i've heard from not so famous people in other interviews everyone that's that's went past that point taking that jump they always say it's worth it one it's always worth it and two they always say it goes better than how they thought it was going to go now that's not to say that it's just smooth sailing and they started a business and it you know broke even and went into the green their first year it's it's definitely um it's definitely a grind and it's something they have to do but Everyone always says, you know, like once I got going, you know, things started happening. I was able to get some interest. Things started rolling for me. They say that happens where I think everyone thinks the worst and they always think, oh, I'm going to start this business and that's going to be my job. But no one's going to you know, buy my thing or pay for my service and I'm going to be screwed. I'm going to be broke. And it's like, I mean, that might happen, but as long as you keep working at it and grinding, you'll get past that. You'll start to, you know, generate some leads or get, or if you're, it's a career move, you'll, you'll get that interview that you're looking for and things will happen. I mean, things really, really don't happen unless you happen. Um, and I think the, the other point I want to make in this point, so many points, but 
the grind. I've heard so many people that have made it, that have successful careers or have successful businesses that they've started from scratch. Every single one of them says that they wish they would have gone back and appreciated the grind more. And it seems kind of backwards to think about because you think, oh man, you make millions of dollars and you've got this business and you can take any day you want off and just do whatever you want. And they all appreciate the grind and they say that they wish they would have enjoyed the ride more because I think and I'm not a big uh, I'm not big in anything I don't have you know any following that says I'm famous whatsoever but I think I can see the point on where that ride that grind of growing would be fun and I, and I it's probably pretty easy to get lost in you know you kind of get lost in the growth and all of a sudden you're on top of the world but I, I just think People are so afraid, uh, and myself included, afraid of that failure um, that they're too afraid to start. But then I think one important kind of caveat to that is once you do start, realize that it's going to be a grind, that it's going to be some work, but that that grind you're about to take, that work you're about to do is going to be the most memorable and the best part of whatever you do end up creating. I think in a world where people can go famous off one TikTok, and there's that immediate gratification mm-hmm. that i think our generation has lacked the wanting to grind it out mm-hmm. rather than the generation before us where they you know you look at people and they work their way up to the job maybe they stayed at the same job for 30 years and now they're the manager or something mm-hmm. but they didn't start out that way and i think a lot of people don't want when you look, think of it that way, it's like, I don't want to fast forward 30 years of my life. And I get that you don't. Um, but I think it's that grind day in, day out that people need to start learning to want to do if they ever want to get anywhere. You know, you're going to fall and you're going to scrape your knees and there's going to be blood, but you're going to heal and keep moving. And I think, too, you were talking about, and I'm just trying to wrap my mind around getting back to what you're talking about all of the words i just said (laughs) (laughs) you had something and i was like i know exactly where i'm going to go from there but i think the oh starting a business and stuff i mean a lot of people want to start businesses and things like that and i get that but it's comes down to i mean you have to have a solution to a problem that you have solved for someone Mm -hmm. otherwise they're not going to see the value and people only respect what they pay for they don't you know if you don't respect technology you're not going to buy the fanciest tvs you're not going to buy all the audio equipment etc right. but if you are big into cars if you respect cars and pay money for cars you're going to buy the next car where some people could be like i drive my toyota 2000 camry still it works right. great it's great gas mileage gives me a point of paint beat those are not the same people so i think solving that problem for people and telling them about it is a real big factor into I think in my opinion why if you should make that jump Um, coming from a non-business expert but that's just things I've kind of gathered and heard from people that are successful right no I agree but other than that I think just do it yeah I mean and and I'll 
I the, the thing that holds me back the most and Jordan could tell you this too because she always is trying to give me advice but I fear that I'm not able to bring enough value to what I want to do and starting this podcast is actually one of the things I wanted to do but I always worry about not knowing enough to to really be like a I don't want to say influencer, but someone that influences people in that category. So like photography, for instance, I want to, I want to, you know, start this podcast. I want to start a YouTube where I can bring people knowledge and kind of just help them, um, help them in their journey by sharing experiences and knowledge from my own journey. And I always have this little voice in the back of my head. It's, you know, it's like, you're not an expert. You don't know enough. Other people know. And I, and I fear about those people coming back and, you know, Hey, you know, you said this in your podcast, you said this in your video and, and that's not true. It's, it's actually this, or there's a better way to do it. And it's like, I don't know why I fear that so much. And I think, I think other people may have those similar fears where either they, um, their product or their business won't please everyone or, or they'll get some backlash of some sort, whether it's from friends or something. And it's just like, I, I just Googled this. So this is facts. Well, actually, this is facts as of 2019. There's 328.2 million people in the United States. You're not going to please every single one of them. And you're not going to know more than every single one of them. You, if you're not from the US, there's 7.674 billion people on planet Earth. So don't try to please everyone. Don't try to make your business fit for everyone. And don't try to think that you're going to be an expert or know more than everyone, because there's just so many people out there. You just kind of what you were saying, focus on the people who are going to be interested in your stuff, in your business or in your whatever service you're providing. I think that's a great tip and it's something just to kind of put in perspective. You know, there's always going to be people out there that are going to try to bring you down, but there's also people out there that are going to see whatever you have as very valuable. So you just got to find and target those people it's a great i don't know if he's great or not but as dwight d eisenhower once said never waste a minute thinking about people you don't like that's right very true so it's like um i think uh i think people just need to be accepting of failing more i personally don't like i'm i send out my stuff for criticism all the time so i have an easier way with failing i actually i don't shoot to fail but it's like it's nice because you learn something about it. You learn what you did wrong and what you should do if you're smart enough not to do it again. Right. And so I think, I think the fear of failure, I think, I think that's just a unfortunate thing for a lot of people that I think they need to fail more. Yeah. I think some of the best comedians to walk this planet have been booed hard on stage. Yeah. You have the story of Ed, uh, Eddie Murphy got booed one time so hard and everyone thought he was done. And after that, he, his career just went up. Right. So I think, I mean, I'm picking like one of the most successful comedians of all time, but anyways, sometimes it, it just, you know, those comedians go out in front of a stage of people and get ridiculed. A lot of people don't like to be ridiculed and then you have the whole online troll thing. But I think people just need... You need to surround yourself with people who are willing to give you their honest opinion. Right. Not friends at all. If you have, if you do something and 10 friends say that it's great, they're all lying. <laughs> Cause, 
there is always something wrong with something or doesn't resonate with someone. I can watch a movie and I love it and I'll have two people next to me that hate it. That's just the way it is, you know? And I think finding that kind of support group that are willing to look at something and give you constructive criticism, you know, not just saying this is awful. I mean, even that's good too. If someone's like, don't ever try shooting this again because you're just going to waste your time. Maybe right. you take that as motivation or you go, yeah, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't. So that's what I've got. That's really how I kind of look at things. Find friends that will tell you how it is. Don't be soft and go start that business. That's it. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> I'm talking strictly to myself right now. <laughs> uh, you got anything else to add before we, uh, before we sign off here? I don't think so. No. I think my brain, I was editing my website before this, my brain's ready to pile into mush here soon. That's all right. You know, I think, um, I think it went well. You think it went well? I did. We'll find out who listens. Oh, we'll find the intro, out. intro episode, baby. It is. It was the first episode. Uh, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. We will be uh, releasing more episodes here very soon. And uh, we'll see you next time.